Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Thoughts of a Gearhead. My name is Brandon. Uh, today, leading off of last episode, we're going to talk about the next era of GM, which would be post-recession, that 2008 to 2013 era. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit more scripted. I have a script actually written out for this one. And uh, I'll kind of bounce it off of you guys and see how you guys like this more um, pre-thought-out scripted uh, type of episode. Ever since the U.S. recession of 2008, GM has never been the same. Because of the economic recession that took place in America from 2008 till about 2012, GM was $43 billion in debt with a $3 billion per year interest. So, this forced GM to take a bailout of government money as part of an agreement between General Motors and the U.S. government. GM was forced to cut four of the eight brands that it currently owned and oversaw. The brands were Pontiac, Saturn, Hummer, and Saab. So this left GM with four core brands, Chevy, GMC, Buick, and Cadillac. And this is where all the problems start for GM. GM agreed to take government money and return got rid of four of its what I would consider much more interesting brands. And this changed the whole GM architecture for the next years to come. Because of this change and because of the recession, GM was now forced to solely focus on profit. And when profit is your number one priority, you start to cut corners. We're going to start with an example for a car that I've actually owned. A 2008 Cobalt Sport 5-speed manual. I have first-hand experience with this car, so it's the closest I can gauge to a equivalent of the era. The original price when it came out in 2008 was about $19,000. Now, in 2021, that equivalents to about $24,000, give or take. And for this comparison, you can get a current outgoing 2021 Chevrolet Malibu for about the same price range. In the Cobalt, you know, this era of interior, as much as interiors across all the brands have this very loud and cheap plastic. And that's even by GM standards. We're talking about stuff that came in the 90s. Well, this stuff got even worse than that. As well as this era of Cobalt, the electronics are known to have various issues, and this is not uh, just the Cobalt itself. Many of the trucks as well have electrical issues. The suspension in this era of vehicle is also kind of weak. They tend to go through uh, control arm bushings very quickly, and they just they almost have like a much cheaper feel overall. And this is not exclusive to Econo cars of the area, like I said. The trucks and SUV interiors had this very loud and almost cheap ABS-style plastic. And even some of the body panel fitting is just not the same as we see it today or even previous. And this quality issue is present in the mechanical aspects as well. I'm not about to say that GM vehicles of this era are inherently unreliable. You can make any vehicle reliable as long as you take care of it. But if you're going to compare it to past GM products, the reliability really just is not the same. Now, some of the reliability is because of emissions regulations, and this forced GM, along with all automakers, to make its entire lineup more fuel efficient. G 
GM went the way of its big V8s, adding active fuel management based off of oil pressure. They also added variable valve timing to help combat the issue of uh, fuel economy. And obviously these more advanced technologies came at the price of a more expensive car with more added components that was more prone to break down. Uh, we'll start with the last generation of the Vortec V8 and coinciding the new Ecotec 3 V8s. The active fuel management on the final generation of Vortec engines is controlled by oil pressure. Loyal, lower oil pressure in the truck engages only six of the eight cylinders, while higher oil pressure at higher load will kick in all eight cylinders. Now this system led to a lot of misfiring issues and oil leaks later in the engine's life. GM was even sued over this issue, but the case was thrown out. Now in the newer Ecotec 3 V8s, which started in 2014, the active fuel engine is computer controlled and the computer controls the valves and fuel injectors to run the system. The new Ecotec 3 V8s have a problem with upper cylinder components such as push rods and uh, rocker arms and such will become out of tolerance and even the push rods will bend and at very low mileage. I've seen, we actually had a 2019 come in the shop um, just recently with around, I believe it was 70,000 miles and not even uh, less than that and uh, already had to have the heads off and had to have uh, one whole bank of push rods redone. It was crazy. So now that we've touched on the cars a little bit, we're going to talk about the company itself. Um, while the new C8 Z06 just came out, it's got a very exciting, very advanced 5.5 liter flat plane crank V8. Um, but it's really only one of the more exciting platforms that GM has. Um, gone are the days of the 3800 supercharged V6. You know, okay. there's no more 81 big block anymore. And uh, GM does make an inline six, but it is a Duramax now. The 4200 is long gone. <clears throat> the current engine offerings now, especially in the SUV lineup, you've got a 1.5 liter turbo, you have a two liter turbo, uh, you've got a 2.4 naturally aspirated in this area, very cookie cutter, everything's the same, pretty boring to drive. The 3.6 V6, and they have timing chain issues like you wouldn't believe, as well as the 2.4 um, Ecotec 4-cylinder that's naturally aspirated that you'll find in the Equinox of the 2012, 2011, 2010-ish era. Those go through timing chains like you would not believe. In fact, we actually had one of those in the shop as well, 67,000 miles, and it had already needed timing chains redone. So if we can't go back to a simplistic way of building engines and cars, what do we need to do? Now, if I had control over GM to make the brand more exciting and engaging, first you would start by giving the brand a small four-cylinder rear-wheel drive two-door sports car, much like the outgoing MX-5. Um, then, of course, you have to give it a mid-size four-door front-wheel drive sedan and give it a decent sized V8 options, four liters, and maybe as a base, you know, you give it a 3.2 or a 3.5 liter V6 as an entry level option. For the SUV market, which is crazy popular right now in the United States and all over the world, 
you could have a compact five-door all-wheel drive SUV, two-liter turbo, unibody construction. Also, a small body-on-frame three-door SUV with a small V6. Um, a mid-size body-on-frame five-door SUV with selectable four-wheel drive. And um, kind of think the 2004 Trailblazer, that mid-size body-on-frame, selectable all-wheel drive, um, really stout um, truck style of build you can only you can almost call it now as performance or uh, luxury options <clears throat> gotta bring something back like the uh, SS rear wheel drive V8 four door classic American muscle car you know the only real company that makes a classically designed four door muscle car would be Dodge I guess um, Ford really doesn't do it in a four door yet Chevy, you know, they have four-door sedans, but they're all front-wheel drive V6s and four-cylinders. And, uh, you know, for more performance, um, I know they have the cruise hatchback, um, something like that that's kind of really out there. A two-and-a-half-liter four-cylinder supercharged instead of turbocharged, you know, make me make it a three-door hatchback. You can leave the Corvette and Camaro around as they are. I think they're a great platform, although the Camaro will be discontinued in 2024, I believe, is when they said. Um, and uh, finally, it, it, it is it's exciting to see that GM has finally released a more off-road-oriented truck to compete with the likes of the Ford Raptor and the TRX. Um, <clears throat> while the... the uh, the new off-road Silverado, I believe it's the, uh, I think it's the ZR2 package. You get a 6.2 liter V8. It's got the updated interior, updated exterior. It's got quite a bit more ground clearance than the Trail Boss. You get those fancy um, magnetically controlled shocks that the Colorado ZR2 has. And uh, it's, it's good that they have that finally. Um, as far as the heavy-duty stuff... When the 6.6 Gasser came out, I was kind of disappointed. I wish they would have went. I wish they would have brought back the uh, the 454 big block or something similar to that. Um, I guess you don't really need an engine that large because you can get the power you need out of you know a six point whatever liter V8. Um, obviously, you keep the Duramax around. Um, and stuff like that, but just, you know, some things that they could really bring into the market that's just a little bit more exciting. The, uh, I know they do, or they are bringing a Equinox RS, which I believe is just an appearance package. I really haven't seen much on that other than just a, the uh, commercial for it and some screenshots. It just looks like updated styling, um, and different colors and blacked out trim and stuff like that, which is fine. And it does look better than the outgoing Equinox, but you, you know, change up the engine options a little bit. This current series of Ecotech engines has just not lived up to any of GM's past reliability, as far as I'm concerned. Even the Ecotech 3 V8s, you know, they cannot compare to the Vortec V8s, even if we're going back to 2013. I mean, they, I mean, I would pick an a last generation of Vortec V8 over one of these new Ecotech 3s just because I've seen how many of these will come back through the shop and need, you know, major engine repair. It just it shouldn't be an issue. 
Um, I think it's something that GM really needs to focus on moving forward. And I think also focus moving forward is getting a little bit more excitement into the brand. I know Cadillac has some very interesting options. There's the Blackwing V8. Um, the 2.7 Turbo is actually in uh, the Cadillac CT4 V sedan, I believe. Um, and that's pretty cool to see that they're, you know, these, at least they're using that engine in a different application. So, you know, they're, they might be slowly getting back on the track of becoming more reliable and more exciting. I think the reliability, I would love to see a new generation of engines come out. And don't call it Ecotech. Hell, you can, I wouldn't venture to call it Vortec either because they've wanted to move away from that name since 2013. That's why they went to Ecotech 3, which, why it's not called Ecotech 8 or E-Tech 8 or something a little bit more that makes sense, I guess. But I would love to see a new generation of uh, engine line come out that is not the Ecotech, that has much stronger internals, that is more foolproof to not, you know, essentially self-destructing after 60, 70,000 miles. And don't get me wrong, I do still like General Motors, but I think most of my favorite offerings will always be in the past. And, you know, mainly some of that is because of what I grew up with. You know, my dad had an 01 heavy-duty Silverado. Uh, my first truck was a 94. I've had 90s trucks as long as I can remember. Most of the vehicles I've bought are from the 90s through early 2000s. And you just see those cars can have 160, you know, 200,000, heck, even 300,000 miles, and they just won't even skip a beat. As long as you've kept up with the maintenance, they just keep on going. And as as far as I've seen, even people that do keep up with maintenance with these newer vehicles that are on time, you know, getting the full synthetic oil that they're supposed to, they still will have these issues with their vehicles. And it's really not fair to the buyers for paying this much money for a product that is this unreliable. And really, I think GM needs to come out with a new, a full new line of engines, call it something completely different, get away from the Ecotech line, and almost start fresh. This 5.5 liter um, V8 that the Corvette has is a good start, but they were given the resources and you know money from GM because you know that's your flagship vehicle that is the end all be all vehicle that you sell so it has to be good now GM has to go back and put that level of meticulation and quality into their everyday cars and hopefully in the future you know 2023 2024 2025 we can see um, the reliability come back to General Motors and I think that's another reason that they're losing buyers is because, you know, the liability just isn't there and the customers don't like that. So they're going to jump ship to Ford and Dodge and even foreign brands because Toyota and Honda um, have legendary reputations for reliability. So they're going to get all these buyers coming from the uh, U.S. Um, companies and get that bigger market share. So I think GM really needs to focus on having quality in their vehicles, but not just at a high performance level, at the base and entry level vehicles as well. And uh, 
that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think of this little bit more scripted, um, a little bit shorter episode here. And uh, as always, I welcome your guys' feedback as much as you can give me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Chipboxes and Chevys. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, no spaces, all lowercase. Uh, feel free to send me a message with uh, ideas for the podcast, uh, questions you have, I can always answer as well. And I thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.